0: to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment, to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, yo, welcome to episode 54 of Stay Grounded. Hope you guys are having a fantastic day. Man, This week's guest is Mr. Dimitri Kozlov. So Dimitri, who I affectionately call Dima and likely throughout the episode, I've known Dima for a while. And I attribute a lot of my personal growth, the networks I'm in right now, and just a lot of my entrepreneurial friends due to me getting involved with Dima and some of the projects he's created. And I have so much love for this guy. And I think you guys are going to find out why as you listen to this episode. But Dima is... He's a pretty young guy. He's about my age. I think he's around 27 or 28. And he's already started four separate companies. And his purpose in life is to accelerate the evolution of love through inspiring and empowering influencers. Actually, funny story. Uh, I actually used his company InfluX to get my personal rajjana.com site built. So if you love the way my site looks, that's because of Dima and his team and the amazing work they did to bring up my personal message and. What I love most about Dima, what I've always admired about Dima is his ability to one, articulate just all of the deep emotional journeys he's going through from a spiritual side, from a physical side, just from a love perspective, relationships. I mean, he's got this beautiful ability to articulate the deepest and most vulnerable parts of himself in a way that actually makes you inspired to share your own. And he does that through his spoken word poetry. He does that through the companies he builds and the amount of intention he puts behind the culture in each of his companies to the visions he creates for what he wants to accomplish in the world. It's just such a beautiful way the man dances through life. And in this episode, we really dive into some of Dima's own personal journeys and how his vision has evolved over time, how he goes about evolving his vision, and how he dances with fear in the face of change. You know, like that's something that I personally have struggled a lot over the past year. I feel like I've grown more in the last seven months than I have in the last seven years. And dealing with that level of growth has been challenging. But I love talking to Dima on this week's episode because we go into what it means to change, why change is necessary, and how to accustom yourself to not fear it. And I mean, this is one of my favorite episodes. And we actually end with Dima sharing one of his poems that he wrote. And he says it live and it was beautiful. I loved it so much. And I'm just such a big fan of Dima, his work and everything he does. And so I'm so excited to share him on this week's episode. So hope you guys enjoy Dima as much as I love him. He's, he's one of my best friends in my entrepreneurial journey. And I have a lot of love for the guy and I, I look up to him a lot. So I hope you guys also get to see the side of him that I admire so much. But before we get started on this week's episode, if you haven't already subscribed to Stay Grounded on iTunes, subscribing means that every single week when we release a new episode, it just arrives in your app. So you don't have to go and remember to download it or anything like that. Go ahead and access a lot of the post podcast resources and discussions that I'm giving you guys at rajanar.com forward slash stay grounded. Let me know what you like and don't like. And I hope you guys really enjoy this week's episode with my good friend Dima. He is a bundle of light and love. And I'm just very grateful that I get to have this conversation and and have you guys be a fly on the wall for it. So anyways, hope you guys enjoy the wonderful man that is Dimitri Kozlov. Enjoy. Yo, 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 welcome back to another episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host Raj. Hope you're all having a splendid day. And this week's guest my man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Dmitry Kozlov.
1: How you doing, brother? Good morning. I'm, I'm excellent. Super happy to be here, feeling grounded and excellent. excited for our morning conversation. This is the best way to start the day.
0: This makes me so happy. I was, we were just talking about this earlier, but every time I spend time with you, I just feel so much lighter in my heart in so many ways, just because of who you are and how you show up in the world. And so I'm really excited for this, man. Because I've known you for quite some time, and, and we've both been on some interesting journeys. But I've never had a chance to just dive into your mind. And so this is selfishly a very, very, very awesome moment for me. And uh, so I hope you're ready.
1: Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm excited to, to see what's in there. All right,
0: let's see what's in that mind. All right, Dima. So for starters, you, out of just about anyone I know, is more tapped into what makes you happy, what makes you whole, what pushes you and what drives you beyond anyone that I've really had the pleasure of knowing. When did this journey of personal evolution first come about? And was there an experience that caused you to trust the journey versus sort of put layers over it and, and just go down the, the beaten path?
1: The first experience that comes to mind is I was 13 or 14. When I was 13, I was very depressed, just navigated a lot of stuff which started with, uh, first it was like, uh, after immigrating to the U S it was a lot of bullying and challenges and all of that that I went through. And then the rebellion to that was more like gain life and fighting and just a lot of just really dark stuff at that age. And then at about 13, there was a, I had a pretty serious attempt at suicide. And then the emergence from that and, and being alive was the sense of like, okay, if we're going to if we're going to do this life thing, let's do this life thing. yeah, And let's do it fully. So that was probably the first major awakening moment. And I wouldn't say that I woke up from that of like, oh, I'm going to go live this joyful life where I totally follow my heart. I don't even know if a 13-year-old has the capacity to have that level of awareness. Right. Yeah. But that's the first thing that comes to mind. And then since then, through teenager and young adulthood, different moments like that, that have unfolded. One that comes to mind is... Also leaving a really long-term relationship in... This is after I already had seemingly the dream life that I wanted and was building when I was 25 years old and left this relationship and this life where I seemingly had everything and left on this nomadic journey across the States and drove Convertible for 7 months exploring the world. And that led me to my heart home in San Diego, which started a whole new... Not just a whole new chapter of my life, probably a whole new book. I mean, there's a lot in between, but I've kind of done things like that. They're like kind of like little deaths and rebirths that have whenever things have gotten off track, even without me noticing it, something in the universe pulls me to this like mini death of whatever my life is at the moment and into a rebirth process of just going back to following my truth, following my heart, even if I don't know or can't clarify or articulate what it is at that time
0: the way you experience the way you talk about many deaths it sounds like there's a lot of courage in the face of them why do you believe that you have the courage to face your many deaths and embrace them versus a lot of people wanting to maybe ignore them or face them later say that it'll be later i'll i'll, mm-hmm. I'll do those things later i'll push that thing later one thing that's fascinating me about you is that you're always diving headfirst into the change and embracing it why do you think that idea is, resonates with you
1: Mm. I like you pointing that out, where even my, my spoken word name is forward. The, the word that I've been using a lot in my spiritual journey lately is further. And it's, it's uh, a reference from some of Jed McKenna's work. I don't know if I can answer particularly why, other than that I've had experiences probably early in life, where that is something I've trained into myself through how I grew up, both in childhood and afterwards, that courage and this idea of moving forward. Became my way of navigating through life in a way that I could simply say got me more of what I wanted and less of what I didn't want, even if it was difficult in the moment. So I kind of learned that as a behavioral pattern, but also just that I think if you're if you're sensitive enough or awake enough, that staying stuck in whatever life you're in, for me, staying stuck in whatever life I was in, even if it seemed good on the surface. Just I could listen to my soul crying. I could feel that pain inside. So it's either more quick mini death or driving things forward or change or evolution, or it's a more slow and painful death from the inside out. So I know that, you know, there's a Henry David Thoreau quote, right? Like many men or most men lead lives of quiet desperation. And I think that even just the capacity to lead a life of quiet desperation Comes from not being fully aware of how painful it is day by day to just keep doing and living life in a way that doesn't have you live out whatever your desired dreams are. Mm -hmm. And then the flip side of that is having the courage or strength or even naivety sometimes to keep driving forward into the unknown, into a direction that seems like it's guiding us there, but not clear on where it's even going always. It's almost like looking
0: at, like the courage comes from a sense of curiosity more than it does a sense of a duty or a have to, which is what it sounds like for me. You almost look at the, like these mini desks as like a, the a playful, youthful sort of vibrance.
1: It, it, it does. And now, now that I reflect on it, there's probably a distinction that I want to make too. At the first parts of my life, the courage was developed in moving away from more painful darkness and towards more of what I wanted in life. So it's actually an easier quality to develop in those times because it's clear to look around you and see when you don't like your life and you want to change it. Even if it's not easy to change it, it's clear that, okay, I'm going to muster up the courage to make the shift. The shifts in the last few years have been radically different from that. In that most of the courage has been looking at my life and seeing things that are seemingly really good on the surface, including particular brands that I've built that you know that you're a part of, like Evolve yeah. Enterprise and Maverick Next in entrepreneurship and living in what was my dream home at the time, and like other areas of my life that I've looked at that on the surface seem like this is the perfect thing. And something inside me saying, no further, you have to let go of this. And those have been the moments that have really developed even greater courage cuz letting go of solid ground and letting go of what seems like I'm living out my dreams because there's some calling inside of me to do something different that I don't even know what it is but just a great spaciousness for it that has been just a whole different practice of of courage that has it seems less rational and therefore it takes even more courage
0: yeah uh, most people won't hear that voice or they Like when things are going well, things are going well. How do you differentiate between something that's going well and something? And how do you train yourself or develop the skill sets to start hearing that voice louder in a way? And I guess the second part to that question, I have so many damn questions for you. Second part to that question is, once you feel that voice, how do you start developing the courage to trust it when you haven't done it for so long?
1: Right. Firstly, I think we all hear voices in our heads it's helpful to start kind of like typing, archetyping, or just noticing what those voices are. Because we hear our parents' voices in our head. We hear a lot of societal voices in our head. We hear oftentimes our teachers and professors and mentors and other voices in our head, partners, especially in relationships. And then we hear our own voices in our head, which are all sorts of ranges. We hear them anyway. So I think it's really helpful to just start Developing the relationship with those voices Mm. and knowing that one of those voices or more than one of those voices is more of like a voice of divine guidance or intuition. And I think when probably one of the best techniques to listen to it is just like open stream of consciousness journaling Mm -hmm. and asking yourself questions and then writing out to those questions and see what comes out. Because that's the best way to probably externalize the voice and be able to look at it. Yeah. And not everything that comes out will be your highest intuition guiding you for your life. It'll also be a lot of limiting beliefs and all these other things that come out. But it's good to be aware of them and then choose based on that. And then the courage, I, I think that just sometimes it happens little by little. Sometimes it happens through a total destruction of current life, depending on how far you go without following it. I like the book, The Alchemist. It's one of my favorite books on this particular topic, because the whole time he's going through and following the omens. And there's a a scene in the middle where where he has the opportunity to live what seems like this perfect life and Mm. be this rich merchant and have the perfect woman that he's marrying, that he's totally in love with. And the omens and the divine guidance have seemed to help him get there and seemingly will help him keep going. Except that when the alchemist kind of tells them what the future will be like if you keep doing this, like if you stay of this path, that first all this will happen. And then because you know that you stop following your personal legend, your journey of where it is that you need to go, and you got stuck here in this really comfortable, amazing life, eventually the omens will stop coming because you actually stop listening to them because the omens are telling you, keep following your personal legend, keep following your journey. And I think even when we tell ourselves that we don't hear that, we do. Like we see the omens, we hear it. And the more aware we become, the the more we notice that they're everywhere. The omens are everywhere and the voice is there all the time. It doesn't get all that quiet. The universe doesn't stop giving us lights and clues. We just develop a resistance to hearing them because they're usually inconvenient. No, you're spot
0: on. I mean, in my own life, the more I fully step into the authentic expression of who I am, the more I start to even add meaning to some of the experiences that happen that I usually wouldn't have. Or in previous lives, I would have looked at as either things happening to me. Now it's almost a change in verbiage. It's
1: things happening for me.
0: Mm -hmm. Why is authentic expression a gateway to heightened self-awareness,
1: in your opinion? think you have to be aware of self to express yourself authentically and vice versa. If you express yourself authentically, just like allowing what comes through you without having to filter it based on how people are going to listen or perceive it, that it's like flexing a muscle to awareness of self. As you authentically express yourself, whatever that looks like, then you as well as others start to become aware of what that expression actually looks like. Oftentimes I think we don't. We don't actually know what it looks like until we start playing with it. And then when we start playing with it, it's like flexing a muscle and saying like, wow, this is is what I look like when I'm expressed. And that raises our awareness of self versus the other game, which is expression in a way that seems to fit the world and how they're going to perceive it and receive it, which is not always like, it's not like a good or bad thing, yeah. but that's an infinite game of always playing the game of expression for feedback and recognition and getting what you want and all these other things, which usually ends up sacrificing self. And then the, the awareness that you develop, I think, when you express in a way that you're trying to like, meet the world is you develop awareness of how things are landing for people and you get so attached to that versus the awareness that you develop when you're focused on your own fully authentic expression is the awareness of, am I being true to myself? Mm-hmm. Which I think is a lot more important. The It's not like we don't want the relationship with the world, but the mm-hmm. most important thing, firstly, is that am I being true to myself? And then once once we develop, cultivate that level of expression and awareness around it, then it's beautiful to explore. Hey, how, how is this landing? How is this being met? How is this impacting others when I'm being fully authentic? And I think typically we, we find that it impacts others in a much greater way than if we tried to aim purely for the impact or how things land or will be perceived or oh, what yeah. will get us. Oh, yeah. There's that...
0: I think it's one of my favorite quotes. I, I first heard it when I watched coach Carter. Have you seen coach Carter? It's like the movie about Samuel Adams. He comes in. He's a, or Samuel Jackson, sorry, <laughs> Sam Jackson. He comes in and he's like a basketball coach. And there was a quote in there that a kid said, it was like, our biggest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our biggest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. Mm-hmm. And then by shining our brightest, we give other people the courage to shine their brightest.
1: Yes. I have seen this movie.
0: Yeah. And yep. I remember when I first heard that quote, it spoke to me and it, It almost made me realize that vulnerability with self, which is essentially whether it's journaling and and doing that, but then vulnerability with others sort of shines that light the same way. How does being vulnerable as a concept play in your life? And how have you seen the benefits sort of come back to you as you sort of vulnerably share your truth, not only with the people in your life, but also yourself?
1: I'll first answer that in that, Things like authentic expression, vulnerability, and other qualities we can name are, I believe that the world we live in becomes a reflection of how we show up and who we are, the Gandhi quote, right? To be the change you wish to see in the world. So I do want to live in a world where people, including myself, are authentically expressed and free to be authentically expressed, where people are vulnerable and free and, and encouraged to be vulnerable. And therefore, even when it's not easy, that starts with me, because that's the only way that I create my personal world. Even if what that personal world looks like is me and three friends doing the things that we want to do. And fortunately, it always ripples out a whole lot further than that. But that's the piece that matters. So the way doing any of these things that we hold as virtues comes back is that that cultivates the world that we want to live in versus doing those, op- the opposite will cultivate that world that I don't to live in that I don't enjoy as much. Hmm. I like that
0: it's so much more powerful. You're essentially showing up as the person who lives in the world that you would want to
1: live in. Yeah. And vulnerability wow. specifically, the deepest human need is to feel seen, is to be seen. I think even more so than to feel loved. And we all want connection. I want connection in life. I want to feel seen. I want to I want to have a part of me feel seen so that it doesn't feel alone going through this world. And without being vulnerable, that's not even possible. There's walls that I build that protect that part of me that I want to be seen. And whether that's joy and incredible authentic expression in a poetic way, or whether that's like sadness and pain and anger and trauma, and a full range of any of those things in between vulnerability is the key that unlocks our own doors, our own walls to being seen, to being received for who we are. And in doing so, it does the same for others. It gives others permission to unlock their own doors, to take down the walls of their castles. And then we can go be with each other. We can go play with each other as children. We can connect authentically. And without that, It's like two walls having a conversation, which is boring and doesn't usually go very far when it comes to like, especially when it comes to emotional connection and living in a world full of the kind of virtues that we'd want to see.
0: Let me ask you something, Dima. How do you balance the need to feel seen and the need to feel loved? For me, you know, if I want to be seen or in any way, like, you know, I'll, it's not always rooted in self-love, I guess. It's like, I want to be seen, I'll do something that makes me feel seen, right? Feeling seen doesn't have to be an authentic expression. It can be you showing up and doing something and, and sharing with the world, especially in the world of social media where everything is under like a microphone. Um, I just feel like you can amplify yourself to feel seen. So how do you balance feeling seen with feeling loved when seemingly in today's world, those tend to contradict each other? in some way, shape, or form.
1: I would find a distinction for the feeling seen part, which I think in both in social media and other ways, it's, I would question when we post things or share things in a way where we want to feel a sense of recognition or a sense of pride or a sense of validation. So I think the distinction, that's that's the distinction. It's feeling yeah. seen versus feeling validated, mm, yeah. which are, they're definitely interconnected. They're not unrelated. But I would make a distinction between those things, at least for the sake of talking about vulnerability. Yeah, Because validation and vulnerability don't totally play together. When we are seeking this validation, we will do things with the purpose of feeling validated we're looking for a specific response yeah when we're we're looking is to be for us to be seen it firstly doesn't usually take a bunch of people on social media it takes one human hearing you in your most authentic expression in whatever your heart's truth is which the greatest amount of courage there is for you and then for that person listening to be able to receive you empathetically, because most people even listening are afraid to feel So, it first takes the courage for you to feel and then speak into what's true for you. And then for that person to receive you, I'm not saying that doesn't happen on social media. It certainly does. And then there's also a, a form of validation vulnerability on yeah. social media where people play with the idea of being vulnerable or dance the vulnerability dance for the sake of validation, which is different from being actually vulnerable. There's a difference between saying, hey, I went through all this stuff a year ago and that's how I got here today and like look at my journey versus saying, here's where I'm at right now. I feel lonely and scared and confused and I feel lost and I don't know what's next. And even for myself, like I value my social media validation enough, even being on this very like authentic journey that I don't post stuff like that yeah. when I'm there. And I notice that about myself and I wish I could, but I, I don't. But I do go to friends and I do talk to my wife and people in my life where I can, I can say those things and say, hey, I'm scared because I'm known for, I'm, I feel like I have this expectation of being a visionary, of having clarity, of having answers, of having a plan. And I feel lost. And that has me feel really like lonely and alone and scared because I can't talk to anyone because everyone's relying on me for this thing that I don't have right now. And I feel alone in that. So that to me is vulnerability. And it doesn't always have to be the more painful, darker stuff. The flip side of that is love, right? And like having the courage to vulnerably say that when when you love somebody, when you may not get the, the validation in return or appreciation and expression of like going up to somebody and just telling saying all the things you love and appreciate about that person, even if that takes a bunch of courage. So yeah, I think that's more of the vulnerability side of the conversation and the feeling seen and having others feel seen, which is different from the the more like external validation, which I'm not demonizing the validation side of things. It's just really important to have that distinction, but not confuse one for the other.
0: No, I appreciate that distinction because you're right. I mean, that's the hardest thing about this whole topic, right? I mean, it's easy to confuse. It's easy to layer things on. It's easy to think you're doing one right thing over another. Mm -hmm. But you said something that really sort of sat with me, which was being vulnerable when you feel like the world is expecting something from you. Have you had an experience with that in your own life? And how did you navigate it? How did you sort of dance with the identity shift or the identity transformation or stepping into that role or whatever your version of that is.
1: Yeah. Um, I'll go for the most recent example. Cause I've had waves of this, especially with a particular one that I just mentioned of feeling lost. When I feel like my external identity is that of a visionary with clarity yeah. and answers and vision and an ability to lead where like, how am I supposed to lead in all of those ways? if I feel lost Yeah. and, that feeling lost has me feel alone because I can't talk to the closest people in my life about it because they're, they're looking to me for something. And at least that's my story. And that's yeah. the important thing. Is like noticing that that's, that's my story that I've created for myself, an expectation that I've created for myself and then externalized. So therefore, that's being reinforced for me by those people. And then the most recent example is actually a couple of weeks ago because this is, this is kind of where I've been at since Burning Man come back from Burning Man, worked super hard before Burning Man, rebuilt InfluX as a business into this really well-functioning team and, and the culture that I truly, really wanted and thriving financially. And then I come back from Burning Man, I'm finding it difficult to work and focus. And like, oh, it'll come back when I get over the Burning Man phase. Yeah. Uh, and then it just... The drive... And the clarity didn't come back. It just kept going further and further down a rabbit hole of self-discovery and ego death. And first, what I thought was an identity transition going from entrepreneur to artist as a primary identity. It was actually not an identity transition. It was identity disidentification. It wasn't going from entrepreneur to artist. It was going from entrepreneur and artist and husband and all these other identities to a level of detaching from most of those identities and a sense of ego death. And it became an all-consuming process. It still is in many ways. So it's 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 certainly a mini death on the highest level of which I've experienced so far, like dying, dying while still alive, a sense of ego death. And that, you can imagine, makes it difficult to play the role of a visionary leader yeah. in a company. Because I don't even have vision for my own life much less the company, much less how I'm leading people. And I mean, like, noticing right now, I'm like, ah, am I really sharing this out loud on the podcast right now? (laughs) That's that's amazing. That in itself both feels really authentic in this moment and somewhat courageous. But I, I brought my leadership team together to just kind of share, hey, this is a lot of where I'm at. And this is the capacity to which I can show up. And I still have these gifts. But right now, these these particular gifts that I perceive that you lean on me for most are not leading the way dominantly in my life. And I'm not available for what I used to be available for and what I've sold myself to be available for and sharing that really authentically. And then from there saying, okay, well, I'm skipping a few pieces here, but essentially then from there saying like, okay, well, we're all dreaming a dream and in a dream, anything is possible. So what do we all want to dream out of this scenario? Mm-hmm. And then it got all of their dreams on the board. So I actually like through, being really authentic about what, what I'm not able to do, I guess I tapped into a sense of new sense of visionary strength, which was like, what are all of your dreams and what do we want to create here? And let's architect a vision that works for all of you. And then let's see how that's going to be possible to manifest without me playing the role that I've played before because I'm just simply not available for that level of engagement in business right now as I used to be. Dude. And then we designed around that. This is super recent. And everything's been going really, really well because... What I did was instead of playing the game of, okay, I have to step into this role and play this role, which isn't really me right now, and force myself to show up in this way and then be alone in my dissonance of that, I just shared the dissonance of like, hey, this is honestly where I'm at right now. And how can we work with this versus me just lying to you and to myself about it? And that has created so much spaciousness and freedom for all of us to create on the canvas of truth versus the canvas of my bullshit of what Mm -hmm. I was trying to show up as. Through that honesty, it's not only empowered everybody else that was part of that meeting, and then the rest of my team, it's given me the spaciousness and energy that I need to continue to evolve in the way that I seem to be meant to be evolving Mm -hmm. and trusting that Whatever version is going to show up through that evolution will be an even greater service to my team and to the world and to friends and family and community, even if right now that's not exactly what it looks like.
0: Thank you, first of all, for sharing that. It's beautiful. I love hearing stories and and, and examples of authentic vulnerability and radical honesty leading to a desired outcome. Or not even a desired outcome, just an outcome that's beautiful for everyone involved. Cause I think that one of the biggest things that people fear, including myself, of being radically honest or super vulnerable is that I'm going to hurt the people in my life. And I don't know if this person is going to accept me for who I am because I've showed up this way for the last 30 years or, you know, whatever story they're playing in their head. So from that though, I guess I'm, I'm curious. Why do you think radical honesty allows things to like, why do you think that things line up when you start listening to your body and the voice that's inside you?
1: Truth is more powerful than any of the most powerful lies that we weave and architect. When we have radical honesty and radical authenticity, we're doing our best as humans to be as closely in alignment to our sense of truth, as we can be. And that always, even when in the moment, it may seem otherwise, that always ends up being more in alignment with whatever the universe is doing, which is typically a whole lot smarter and more beautiful than whatever we're doing, (laughs) whatever our individual sense of self and ego is doing when it's architecting its beautifully manipulative, structured lives to uh, (laughs) create our lives. (laughs) Um, So that would be the biggest thing. And I think the other way of looking at it is, if you look at anybody in your life, can you imagine a scenario where somebody you love in your life or somebody you work with or whatever comes up to you and just gives you an inconvenient truth for them? Just says like, Hey, this is my truth. And this is where I'm at whether it's like your beloved coming up and saying hey based on how our relationship is right now I realize that I don't want to be in it and or like I just have been waking up and I realize like I don't love you in the same way anymore either we can work through this or we can end the relationship like that's probably one of the most painful inconvenient heartbreaking truths one can hear yeah. and I would imagine that most people listening to this would rather hear that then have their beloved continue to do their best to pretend. So then you flip that on yourself, and it's the same thing. If you're that beloved, that is a really inconvenient piece of radical honesty that is absolutely necessary. And your beloved would, even if they're, even if they may respond in a lot of pain and anger or sadness or whatever it might be, they would actually rather hear your truth than live with your pretending lies, no matter how beautifully architected they are. And if that applies in the most sensitive love relationships, then it certainly applies in business. I would much rather a business partner or anyone else come to me and speak their truth or somebody that's been working for me come and speak their truth and work through that truth with them. Whatever the outcome may be, whether it's convenient for me or not, then continue to operate in a sense of falsehood and illusion And illusion is not all bad. I mean, I think in in one way, in some ways, it's all illusion. It's all Maya, right? But in other ways, there's a sense of illusion that's out of alignment with our truth. And continuing to live that way, I think, doesn't really serve anybody, even if we may think it does in the moment. Dude, that that definitely
0: gave me chills. Both got chills at the same time, Mm -hmm. uh, which means we're hitting a chord. What I admire about the way you express is that it's articulated well. Is the articulation of your truth something that comes from radical self-awareness and clarity? Because I think that's another thing that stops people from being very honest is just not being able to explain what's going on with them. And like you said to yourself, you were so lost, but you were able to find clarity and explain this to your entire team in a way that made them feel cohesive, empowered. Yeah. How do you do that?
1: Yeah, and to clarify... Took three people on my leadership team that I think could handle something like this, and I the the rest of my team will probably hear this on this podcast or <laughs> or, or maybe beforehand in some way. But there's enough distance now that makes you know as far as timeline it makes that a little bit safer, and and now I'm in a different place. Yeah. But first, sharing that, if we're looking for kind of like some steps, it's I think it starts with the courage and the courage, firstly, to be honest with yourself before you go. Because usually we're lying to ourselves and the lies that we tell to other people are just the result of lying to ourselves. Once we have the courage to be honest with ourselves, whether we can articulate that well to ourselves or not, we can understand our own truth better. And I think that can start with self-dialogue and journaling or even just like talking to a really close friend and, and having them hold space for whatever your truth is. That A friend that's not necessarily part of the trigger, that's not threatened by your truth. And to discover that. And I think as you discover that, it's easier to articulate it in some sort of words. Once you do that, then it's not like the minute that you feel something, you necessarily need to go like tell people and start threatening your entire reality. But I, I, th- I think it, it is valuable, firstly, to be honest with yourself. And then you can choose, okay, if and how and when do I want to communicate this to another human being? And I think then it is important to... Learn to articulate it at least well enough that it can be received in a way where they can hopefully understand you, um, without attachment to them understanding. But they can hopefully understand you. So you're you're best at that.
0: I think that's a beautiful realization. I think that just goes back to this whole idea of just owning your true self, because if you seek to understand yourself, you're seeking to own. Every part of you, the good, the bad, the ugly, until it turns up into a beautifully manifested form of absolute truth. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I admire so much about you, and I want to segue that into your spoken word because when did you start realizing that you wanted to take these conversations you were having with yourself and express them through poetry and, and different mediums that allow you to express and, and be heard through a completely different light than your own entrepreneurial expression
1: art. Is, I think, an outlet for whatever wants to come through us that doesn't always find a channel through the rest of our lives. I think a lot of art is that. So I, I started rapping first when I was like 13, 14 at that time, when there was a lot of just darkness and pain and anger within me that needed to come out. And that was the channel. And then I stopped for like 10 years. And when I was 25, I, I started again more in the form of spoken word poetry. This is about four years ago. And it started through pain that I was feeling. At the time, it was around a little heartbreak that I was experiencing. And I started putting it out into rhymes. And then through that, I started to understand myself better. And I like within one, I I called up a friend, Kevin Grigansky, actually, and called him up and I shared the piece. And he was like, Oh, man, that's awesome. So I recorded a video of that and posted it online and got a lot of love and validation. That response, it was both feeling really seen because of the content of it and the sense of validation. Because wow, people really like this form of expression that encouraged the start of a journey. Which since then has now it's like a very full part of who I am. And my expression is also giving me the courage to express myself more fully in other ways without having to mask. But the process of it is. That was always my opportunity to take off the mask. When I would go to an open mic and share a poetic piece, saying things that I felt like I would be absolutely crazy to say these things on a microphone to a group of people, much less like a group of strangers for the most part that I don't know and a few friends and then post it on Facebook. That would be insane if I said this stuff. But because it was an art, it was safe because it was art and it was poetry. And then people got to feel me and see me and all these things. But it was through the experience of like, this is my art and this is my poetry. And somehow that because it was art, it made it safer to share. Do you think that facing
0: your fears and putting your vulnerabilities through art helps you face your fears and channel your vulnerability in other parts of your life
1: better? Absolutely. It was a way to flex the muscle in a way that was both in some ways safer, maybe not safer, but in other ways there are times when it was just, when the writing would come out because it had to, because Mm. not doing so would destroy me Mm. when it was just like, there's experiences that were so painful that as soon as I started putting words to them through poetry, I would write out all my pain and that pain would turn into the purpose, write out all my darkness, that darkness would turn into Dharma and the piece starts off as this like, Argh! and then like literally the piece goes on the freaking hero's journey to its own enlightenment. And so would I through the process of writing the piece. Mm. But when I look back on these pieces, it's not like I wrote them with the intention of like, here's going to be the story arc of this poem. The thing was more of a, Here's all the pain that I'm feeling right now and I have no idea if this is ever going to turn into a poem. It just needs to come out. Yeah. And poetry was that outlet. I
0: love that, man. I I love you a lot. And if I didn't love you enough before, I love you even more now. Um mm, thank you, brother. And and I just love the journey you're on. I love the, the connection between every aspect of of yourself, your business, your expression, your your art. And I just love how everything is so connected. You know, recently I've been seeing me face fears in different parts of my life and how much clarity that gives me in others. It's almost like when you face fears in one area, you build, you just find another piece of that rock Uh and and you shine the light on your own awareness of self and your subconscious or your conscious being. And as you show up as a whole individual in another aspect of life, it's just, you've got one piece of the puzzle that you couldn't figure out even if you tried there. Which uh-huh. is fascinating me. I love the way you just expressed that. It resonates so much with me, Dima. Man, dude, you. <laughs> I learned so much on this episode from you. So much, man, dude. If we wanted to learn more or see more of your your poetry, read more over your, over your poetry. Like, how do we get involved and support you? I know you have InflueX, and by the way, everybody, I know I already mentioned this in the intro, but that ballin uh, Rajana.com site that you guys look at Dima designed it for me. So uh, just throwing that out there, but besides influx, man, how else can we support you on your, on your next journey of all this creation?
1: Thank you. Yeah. So Facebook is where I currently share the most stuff. I mean, I'm currently in a more silent period as we're recording this on Facebook, but that's where I share the most of my art and poetry likes comments, shares of that reaching out if most importantly, like less about the likes, comments and shares, but especially comments and messages reaching out if there's something I shared that resonates for you and it has a particular impact on you. I love hearing shared impact. I love hearing when there's something that I express that has a particular impact or raised awareness or something like that on you in your life that gives me the most fulfillment and joy to, and, and encouragement to keep sharing versus keeping things to myself.
0: Okay. So if, if anything on this episode, guys, has hit a chord, please let Dima know. Hell, let me know too.
1: Um, I'll, uh, I, I'd i love to end with, uh, since I'm sharing stuff, I've literally just never possibly intended to share in a podcast at this time. I'd love to share a little short verse of a poem to wrap it up as well that, that isn't part of a finished piece at all yet.
0: I would love to hear that. And I do have one last question for you. Yes. So do you want to do it before or after the question? Uh, let's hear the question. Okay. The question is, in the midst of everything you've been through, Dima, from every evolution and journey you've been on, how do you stay grounded every day?
1: There are phases of my life where I keep a pretty consistent daily ritual, yoga and meditation and journaling. Right now, I don't think that it's all that consistent, but the journaling has been. There's, I think it's just actually keeping one thing. I've had a tough time keeping all the things in my morning ritual consistent, but keeping one thing I've always been pretty good at. Well, right now that one thing is morning pages. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I just every morning, write three pages of stream of consciousness journaling. I'm on a streak right now, I think of about three to three and a half weeks, actually tallying it up on the front of the journal with zero days skipped. And I want to keep that up for the rest of the year. So I, I find that, Key, key to staying grounded is keeping at least one thing consistent. That thing can even alternate every once in a while. But then the rest of my rituals are built around that. Whether you know whether I do the yoga or not, whether I do the workout or not, whether I do whatever else in my life or not. Self-journal used to be a huge one. Evo Planner is now the one that I often use. I'm part of that company as well. But regardless of what the thing is, it's, it's doing one thing every day that serves you. And people say, do one thing that scares you, do one thing every day that serves you. Um, and and do, your, do your best to keep that thing consistent for a lot enough to develop some sort of a, a grounded ritual. I love that,
0: man. That's, that, was, that was amazing. Now I want to transition that into the written words that you have. Um, please, yes. I would love to hear these. Yes.
1: So I'm excited to share this because I've never shared this little piece publicly at all. And it's, it's part of a larger piece on ambition that I'm writing, where a lot of this summer I've really been diving into and questioning my relationship with ambition, how much it's served me through so much of my life, and also in some areas, how destructive it's been, and the, the, the larger view of in humanity at large, how ambition has both helped us build the whole civilization we live in now, and some of the worst and darkest and most painful things are also rooted at ambition Uh, going out of balance so that's that's what this piece ultimately will be about this is a verse that's kind of a preview into that Hmm. are you in service to a system that's encouraging division is this the world that we've envisioned with the earth and her condition but we're scared to start reversing our decisions because it's serving how we're living in luxurious conditions, modern furniture and building structures perfect with precision. That the curse within this gift is that we're perfect in a prison. Being perfectly imprisoned through our personal decisions, even purpose can be fiction when your work is an addiction. Are you certain it's your mission or just an urge from your ambition? Even purpose
0: is a fiction when your work is an addiction. Yeah. Dima, that, I might have to quote that man. I might have to like yeah.
1: frame that on a wall. Go for uh, it. It's dude. that, that one has been so, that the whole piece actually started from that one line. So I love that you, that resonated. That it's, was, that was gold. That has been such a journey of like, where am I addicted to work and addicted to my ambitious patterns? because they're filling a void and where am I using the label of purpose and service and all of these other things to cover up that pattern versus where is like purpose and service and passion and all of that really truly authentic because you know it it really takes an inner journey to discover that distinction. So even purpose can be fiction when your work is an addiction. Are you certain it's your mission? or just an urge from your ambition. God,
0: man, i not keep saying that. You're sending all these chills up. <laughs> You're killing me right now, man. Dude, that was such a perfect, I, I'm just so proud to know you and I love you so much. And uh, I just want to thank you again for taking the time to journey and being open and just being yourself. This is what I love most about you. And I'm just so grateful that you shared everything you did on this episode. And I know that you're going to touch a lot of lives with this. So thank you, man. Big hugs.
1: Big thank hugs, you, brother. Home. Thank you, brother. I love you. Thank you for doing this. This has been the most perfect way I could possibly imagine starting my morning. <laughs> and I really look forward to any impact that this episode has on others' lives and look forward to connecting with anyone listening.
0: Absolutely. Well, guys, there you have it. We have uh, wrapped up another episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj. This is your friend, Dima. And from us, stay grounded. We'll chat with you soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life.